thrilled you are here with us. 100 Creatives represents a collective of individuals across creative and educational sectors that seek to learn from one another and share insights, ideas, and start conversation. We gather together at our virtual roundtable to explore the intersection of creativity and how it relates to our individual selves and also to community impact. I am your host, Angela Popplewell, and I am the CEO of 100 Cameras, a nonprofit organization that equips youth worldwide with tools to process and tell their stories through photography. Each podcast episode hosts a group of voices from members of our 100 Cameras Board of Creatives to program educators to youth participants from programs all across the world, even to special guest appearances from our brand partners and friends who share in the commitment that creativity and self-expression should be available to all. Al Thomas is an educator with a passion for creativity. With over 20 years in education, he is a sought-after leader and works with Adobe for Education and Google for Education, among others. Dan Rubin is a designer, photographer, and creative director and works with clients such as The Guardian, Travel and Leisure, American Express, Nissan, and more. Dan Cohen is a creative producer and program manager with over 15 years of experience working with a diverse range of creative teams across consumer products at companies such as Apple, Lyft, and Facebook. Urban Koi is a photographer and also is on her way to becoming a doctor of medicine. She was selected as an independent photographer for NASA and works with clients such as Apple, Chanel, Google, Prada, among others. Here we are. Creativity, new life. Where do you even begin if you feel like your creativity needs a refresh or you feel disconnected from your creative side? What comes up for you all with this conversation? What's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say, how do I breathe new life into my creativity? For me, change, and that could come in different forms, location, thinking, just exploration, just trying something different. And that's very vague, but I feel like that's where it starts. I love that. It's almost as if change is that catalyst that helps us rise up outside of ourselves or outside of our circumstance and identify something needs to change or there's a need for new breath of creativity or even just makes us aware that we want to create something new or we need to or we miss it. I think an important aspect to this is how do you know that you need to breathe life back into your creative side? How do you recognize that something is needed? Because a lot of people I think I have trouble with that. I know I have had trouble with that at multiple times in my creative life and career where you can get stuck into a pattern and a habit and a schedule and you're creating output, you're making things, but you're kind of on a bit of a hamster wheel with the way that you approach the problems and solve them. And if you were to take any kind of break and pause and look at what you're making and how you're feeling about it and reflect on the last six months or the last 12 months of that process and how that all feels put together, you wouldn't be happy with it. You would see plenty of things that are opportunities for improvement. And that's one of the biggest missing pieces for a lot of people. I remember being at a stage many years ago where I didn't leave time for any of that reflection. And so it took me a lot longer, like years longer than it would have otherwise to recognize that I was in a handful of different ruts. And once I did, of course, then once you have that realization, then you start looking for solutions to that problem. And that leads to all sorts of wonderful discoveries. But the 
most important thing for me is being able to recognize it in the first place and building in periods throughout the year, throughout your process of reflection and pause, not just holidays and breaks, but actual time to sit down and think about what you're doing and how you're doing it and how it makes you feel and how it impacts the output. Because just the act of considering it in that way will change how you understand it and will show you where there are areas that you can improve and you can then identify what you feel is missing from your creative process. I think it's hard for a lot of creatives to look back. I think a lot of people, not necessarily creatives, are looking forward and they're looking for the next thing, the next technology, the next trend. I love what you said there, Dan Rubin, about looking back because I feel like there's always, everyone's always chasing something and it's really, it really is key to look back and assess and see where you came from. I can definitely relate. I was in a creative rut during the pandemic, which I'm sure many can relate to. It was during this time that I decided to breathe new life into my creativity. So I took a trip to visit an aquarium that I have not been to in years since I was a child. Research has proven that watching marine wildlife significantly improves mental health and promotes good psychological well-being. Just being near a body of water makes us calmer and healthier. You can feel your breaths growing deeper, muscles relaxing, and brain waves slowing down to mirror the gentle waves of the water as you immerse yourself in the otherworldly beauty of the sea. I've always been inspired by Jacques Cousteau, the legendary pioneer of marine wildlife conservation, scientist, filmmaker, and the creator of the Aqualung, known today as scuba. My trip to the aquarium is the catalyst that really pushed me to pursue scuba diving. I am now a certified scuba diver, and I'm on a journey learning underwater photography, which is a whole different world than photography on land. And it's actually surprisingly complex and requires different gear because light works differently when you are 70 feet below in the deep ocean. In the spectrum of light, the color red disappears first when you enter the water, trying to maintain your buoyancy, not forgetting to control your breathing properly, keeping your gear in check, and trying to operate a camera inside an underwater housing. It really challenges your creativity to a whole new level. So for me, one of the things that I do when I'm a creative rut is to put myself into a completely new environment to inspire my mind to think about art in a different way. Hoy, this is fascinating to me because it's it's as if you just completely turned your body and your mind and your awareness onto an entirely different skill, learning something completely new. In this case, actually submerging yourself into water, training your body how to breathe differently, cope in circumstances differently. And I would not at first have necessarily associated that with a way to rejuvenate creativity because I I wouldn't have necessarily made that link up front that if I try a completely new skill and train my body to do something completely differently, it would spur on this entirely new creative process experience in the world, way that you connect to the world. I'm so blown away by this. Does anyone relate to that or anything where you just completely kind of did like quick halt and just dove into something completely different that ended up directing you towards the creative process in the end? Well, I guess the interesting thing is during the pandemic, I became a father 
And one of the things that was interesting is that I was in a rut in that I couldn't figure out what I wanted to photograph, how, when, whatever it may be. And then having a child, I feel like that kind of sparked something in me in terms of photography. And so I, I definitely feel like that kickstarted a little bit more of my photography again, um, having a subject and having a focus. Obviously, it's a focus that I have to eat, I have to feed and take care of and that sort of thing. But it's been almost a creative project in and of itself and spark something inside me. I think for me, it's really been, especially over this past year, of how I've breathed new life into, into my creativity is really starting, like looking at all the things I enjoy doing when I'm being creative or in the creative process and being comfortable just starting those new endeavors, those new projects that I've always wanted to start, figuring out a way to just launch them. I think for me, it's that moment of just getting started with something new like the idea comes i take the first step it's like one two three go and then that allows me to be able to move into that place where i get refreshed and i get revived and i want to do more of it i think oftentimes once that starts i get into the place where it's hard for me to stop and get into the other things that i want to do but it's that initial forcing myself to be able to get started as i'm listening here, I have to tell you, when I look back, I have this haunting realization that I was at my most creative, innovative, thinking outside the box self when I had to. So this may sound like a broken record these days right now, but the pandemic, March of 2020, the world shifted. Everything I do for work or my personal creative side, just, it was so unknown. It was so halted. And that was ultimately the catalyst after many years of just having my head down, doing what works, doing what fulfilled my immediate creative need or creative vision or, you know, one step in front of the other. I had the most massive amount of growth I've ever had. And I may even venture to say the last decade, which I feel so vulnerable saying that. But, you know, what you were saying, Al and and Dan, everyone about just Figuring out that rhythm to actually proactively stop and find your catalyst to help us come outside, look around, see what could we do new in a creative way? What could we explore? Does anyone have any experience with doing that? It may just be me where I'm just reactionary. Listening to you talking just there, obviously a lot of us are in that situation regardless of our creative life. That's just how humans tend to be historically is that even with things we know we should be doing or working on, we tend to not make actual change a lot of the time until we're forced to, until there's some sort of outside influence that changes our situation for us, and then we have to respond and react to it. And I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. That's just how we are as, as a species. But it's the being proactive that gives us more control over that. If we weren't talking about creativity, we we're just talking about our physical health. It's better to be healthy rather than wait until some injury happens that tells you you should have been working out a little bit more. We don't tend to have enough conversations in creative communities, plural, about creative health in that way, about the idea of being proactive about your, it's related to mental health. And we have very thankfully a lot more conversations around that. And the idea of discussing that is becoming more normal, which is very good and very healthy. But as far as the creative process and avoiding things like burnout, which are related to mental health, but you can have creative burnout where you're just feeling there can be tiny little versions of creative burnout, like writer's block, where you're just stuck and being able to get ahead of that 
is very helpful. And, and when I was listening to you, what I was trying to think about was parallels in other experience rather than just my own times where I've been through two major burnouts uh, in my creative life at this point and had to recover from them. But in both of those cases, it was because I didn't see the signs. I didn't identify what was what I was hurtling toward early enough. And then what happened was that other things happened, that things started to break as a result, and I had to address them. What I try to do now is see how much I can get ahead of that. And there are certain things like pandemics that we can't necessarily predict in that way, and we still have to be reactionary. But what it got me thinking about was my time in my creative life as a creative director, where I've had to be looking out for the creative health of others, which is one of the ways that I've approached that role. And so a specific example is when I was creative director at, at Moo in based in London, the business card and other printing related stationary company, I had a creative team full time. And when I got there, they hadn't had a creative director in about 18 months. They'd been searching for one, but the responsibilities of managing the design team had fallen to someone else in the company whose role was regarding other things. There was someone in marketing who was just assigned because they were exec level to running the design team while they were searching. And they were doing a good job from a management point of view, but not necessarily from a, a creative health point of view, because that, in my opinion, you need to be like a den mother. I've always used that term from my Cub Scouts years of the idea that- Thank you for that visual. Well, and the reason I say <laughs> that is, is that as a creative director, and, and and it's been the same in the agency that I ran with my brother, we would have teams that weren't full-time employees, but they were contractors for long-term projects. And I saw it as my job to interface with the client and understand what the client wanted and in, in large part dictate to the team how we were going to approach the project, but also to protect the team from things that would distract them from their jobs. And so at, at Moo, that was also my first role the way I saw it was that I had to make sure they didn't get burned out. I had to make sure I was looking out for their best interests creatively because the way that I could make sure that the team produced the best work for the company to achieve the company's goals was to make sure they were happy and producing and they had to be looking forward to coming to work and looking forward to solving problems and leaving work at the end of the day, not feeling exhausted but feeling some sort of sense of achievement of what they'd done that day, even if it wasn't finished, I wanted them to be leaving the work. I think it can often be easier for all of us as humans to identify how to take care of someone else better than it is for us to identify how to take care of ourselves better. So if we think about the advice that we'd give to others, if they were stuck in a similar situation, then all we have to do is apply that advice to ourselves. Uplifting the next generation of leaders across the globe to process and tell their stories and to show the world how to see through their unique lens. That's what it's all about here at 100 Cameras. Join the Lens of Hope community today to make more programs possible and receive special impact updates all year long. Learn more at 100cameras.org backslash donate. Dan, one of the things you were saying really resonated with me, especially over the pandemic and also not being able to go out and do a lot of the creative things that I did before, and that is leaning into mentorship. And so for the past, I'll say, year, I've been doing a lot of mentoring of whether it's alumni or younger coworkers at my company and something that's really brought back to me, like the creative juices and that feeling of like freshness and starting new. So I love what you're saying there about 
the mental health of others because I feel like when I become over time the past year inspired by talking to, I'll say, younger creatives and people in kind of the creative field, not necessarily makers, but even producers, program managers, that sort of thing. And I've really leaned into mentorship, whether it's through digital, through like alumni networks or LinkedIn, or people reaching out friend to friends through social media. And so I feel like that's another way going back to the original question about getting that creative spark is that like not making anything yourself, but helping other people and leading them and guiding them that can create in you this energy and feeling that makes you want to make and try something different. So I just wanted to share that as well. Dan, thank you so much for bringing up mental health. I'm a huge proponent of mental health and it's one of the underlying themes throughout my photography with a constant overabundance of information being wired to us daily through social media, as well as our own lives and our families and our co-workers and just people around us constantly contacting us to perform tasks. It is so vital to slow down with purposeful intent. So something I do every week or every month is that I have a ritual with myself where I will make myself a cup of tea, reflect on the successes as well as reflect on lessons learned. And I also have aromatherapy as something that is super important to me. Smell is the most powerful sense. Scent, emotion and memory are biologically intertwined due to the anatomy of the brain. You may be walking down the street and randomly encounter a sensory experience that conjures a rush of memories, often long past or even seemingly forgotten. Scent can also be healing and help to relax the mind. Aromatherapy is an important part of my life and wellness journey, as well as my creative process. It is a holistic healing treatment that utilizes scent to promote one's health and well-being. It helps to reduce stress, improve sleep, among other health benefits. That is why candles, fragrances, incense, and the like are so popular around the world. And for me, something that I do is that I remind myself to breathe and check in with myself anytime I feel like there's so much chaos around me. I will take a moment to really pause and reflect and ground myself. And I think that is so important when you're just overwhelmed with the world around you. Thank you for sharing that. I'm so moved by just the proactive nature of the rhythm, not only that you're able to create, but that you've created awareness and connection with yourself in such a way to know when and how often and what you need to check in with yourself. And I'm having a bigger curiosity arise here, just listening to everyone, because there's a bigger theme of environment at play that Yes, of course, there's individual things that happen in our lives or in our minds, in our bodies that can sometimes lead us to feel disconnected to our creativity or how we interact with what we're creating in general. But oftentimes I wonder, and I'm curious if anyone else here feels this way and what you may do to navigate it, but there's many things in our environment that we cannot control, whether it's your work environment. And I loved when Dan Cohen and Dan Rubin, you were talking about just the creative health, first of all, 
I love that term. I will be using that oftentimes. I tend to overplay things. So there may be people in my life that are like, okay, you say creative health way too much now, but it's really, it's a really important term. And in thinking about how can you create environments where you're nurturing someone else's creative health, whether it's through mentorship or the work environment you create. But there's many creatives out there where they may not have control over that environment. And so I'm wondering, has anyone ever felt that way here? And if so, what are some tangible things you could do or make space for in your life to help navigate that? Not only get back in touch with your creativity, but to take care of your own creative health. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think when we're specifically thinking about the environment, I think one of the things I've noticed is oftentimes as a creative, I will notice a lot of those things or get the sense of just the need for the refreshing of my creative soul and wanting to step into doing more of the things that I'm excited about. And oftentimes, yes, the environment doesn't always lend itself to be able to do those things. I think a lot of the times I've found myself being able to ask the questions of why we don't have these opportunities and being able to suggest things or to model things that uh, we could start to do to help build that capacity within the organization. That's why I think one of the things that I'm really lean on when it comes to being able to revive my creativity is looking for acts of services and ways to be able for me to dive in and be able to meet a need. Because I think as a creative, I don't know if you guys agree, and I'm interested to hear from this group, but do you guys get a sense that as creatives that you can see those acts of services, those needs a little bit easier than sometimes people who maybe don't slant toward um, being a creative? And if so, what are those things that you lean on to to be able to meet those needs? For me personally, it's been a variety of different places where, for instance, in education, I know that a lot of times in educators don't do a great job of being able to represent themselves visually. So being able to dive into helping them create portraits um, of themselves and being able to tell their stories. So I did a project a number of years ago where it was just edgy journals. It was me taking a moment to be able to capture a portrait from an educator and help them tell their story, help them be, be a little bit more visible with the work that they're doing, getting them a pathway for them to be able to do that, to be able to share those things out. That has been huge. And I think just finding those opportunities where there's a need, there's something where I have a skill set that I can bring into the equation that no one else may have thought of. And I can introduce this and I can get the ball rolling for people to start to do fill in the blank. But I think I found myself becoming more creative in that space and then also moving others to do the same. So I'm curious to see if any of you are in the same place or have been in the same place before. It's definitely helpful to be able to look at the needs of others just in general, right? That's one of the things that appealed to me in my teens that drew me to design in the first place was it was solving problems, not my own problems, solving other people's problems, even if they were tiny little ones to begin with, like print design and typography. It was a way for me to make things better for other people. And the older I get now, that becomes almost the main point of creativity, even art, right? If you're just putting something out there to express yourself, part of that is for you. But the reason it's out in the world, rather than just hiding away in your journal or something you don't share or publish anywhere is because of the potential effect it will have on others. And I think it's really important for us to remember how valuable that is for us as well as other people that by being service oriented. And again, I, my Cub Scout and Boy Scout background taught me a lot about that, about doing things for others, looking for ways that you can help. And when you apply that 
through your art, whatever medium it is that you work in, it can be a way to unlock whatever might be otherwise stuck. So one of the things I love doing more than anything else is helping other people out of their problems or their situations. And for me, it's the same. I'm applying the same problem solving approach that I would if in any design project, but even if it's not for a client and a great example is during the first few months of the pandemic, all of my work and income went away. All the plans, six months worth of plans for 2020 just vanished and evaporated. And before trying to replace them for myself, because I was faced with a blank slate like so many of us. Instead, I just looked around for people who I knew who are friends who are in a similar situation. And I just threw myself into conversations with them to ask them how I could help and to try and figure out how I could help them figure out how to pivot and get back to earning money again. And through those conversations, helping other people, obviously I was helping them and I helped a number of people start new businesses and do things that they hadn't quite have thought about or they didn't know how to wrap their head around given the fact that the rug had just been pulled out from under them. And in that process of helping other people, it was allowing me to be freely creative without having the anxiety or the stresses of trying to solve my own massive problems in that same time. And again, whether this is during a massive worldwide event like a pandemic or just in your daily practice, helping someone else is often so much easier and it can unlock all sorts of good things for us. And most importantly, it makes us feel good and just feeling good and feeling like you've accomplished something can provide a path back into your creative center. I, I love the way the conversation is going. I want to throw something out really quick because I think that part of this conversation that we're having is as creatives, how do we revive ourselves? How do we bring ourselves to be able to really breathe new life into our creativity? But I'm also curious to, to hear from the group, how do you do this as an up and coming creative? Someone who is dealing with, hey, I've got to grow this business. I've got to grow this work that I'm doing. I'm really passionate about this. I want to do this more. I want to just do, but I'm trying to also balance out staying mentally healthy that I can sustain myself throughout the process and I don't give up on my dream. How have you done that? And I know that the wealth of knowledge in this group is extensive and I would love to hear just some practical advice for those individuals that are just getting started. That's a really good point you make. Sometimes as a creative, you tend to chase projects sometimes. So what I do is whenever I feel overwhelmed and you know the world around me is chaotic, I will take a time to reflect to really see if the projects I am pursuing are the most meaningful to me. So I would reflect and what I've realized is that I only really want to take on jobs and opportunities that are authentic to my own life's mission and philosophy. So recently I've stepped back, I've taken time to really look through the briefs or the, the contracts of my clients to really see that if this is a really good fit for me creatively and mentally and physically. So recently I've been really more mindful over the projects that I take on and really making sure that every single project that I take on is representative of me. What I was going to say as well is 
Al, you were talking about how do you start when you're brand new and fresh. And one of the things I always encourage people is to reach out to people they admire or kind of people who've been in the field for a while and ask them and get advice. There's a little bit of ego involved. And I think it, it never hurts to, to ask for help, to get advice, just like put yourself out there and become a little bit vulnerable versus trying to go at it alone. I think there are a lot of people out there to, that are willing to help and open to help. And I think people need to put their guard down and ask for help. And then it's an incredible reminder we can give to ourselves and one another of just, we can raise our hands. And there's a community, whether we have one right now or that can be found to help us navigate that. I, I love that. I love, let's ask for help. Let's look to one another. And let's also look for others who are in need of help. We clearly need a part two on this conversation, especially with this group and just all of the experience and, and the diversity of experience that you bring to this discussion. Alas, every podcast has an ending. So what I'd love to do um, kind of in a rapid game style is I'd love to hear from each of you two ways in speed dial format that you reconnect with your creativity after you've become aware that you need that refresh, something's out of tune, something's out of whack, or you just feel like you can't connect to it, or you're risking burnout, whatever it may be, two ways. All right, quick short answers. Let's go Dan Rubin. One thing I'm a, a big fan of is taking breaks, whether those are during your day or taking a day off or not just a full holiday, but taking that idea of breaks and pauses and applying that throughout your routine and throughout your practice. It can be super helpful whether you use it for reflection or just to give your brain a rest. So that's one. And then I guess for the second, just a reminder that hobbies and other interests, whatever they happen to be, but things that fuel your brain and the things that you enjoy, those are to be prioritized just as highly as the to-do lists and the work and the things that we feel like we have to do. Those other interests, you have to do just as much to keep your brain healthy and happy. I'm going to keep mine really short and I'm only going to do one and break the rules. But my simple one would be go find someone who's in need. Find someone who has a challenge, a problem that you can dive into their problem and help them solve it. I've found that that has oftentimes been the moments where I feel like I can use those parts of my brain where I am really creatively solving problems in a space that may, I may not be familiar with. And it really helps me to rejuvenate my creativity and want to do more of that creative process. Nice. P.S. I love a good creative rule break there. Thank you, Al. All right, Dan Cohen. I would say dig into a different creative medium or a different kind of part of your brain. Pick up a book. I'm a big fan of books. I have a large library. And if you're a painter, pick up what ceramics are all about. If you're a woodworker, take a look at photography. Try a creative medium and maybe that will spark other ideas. And then honestly, change of environment if you can. Going for walks. I love what Koi said earlier about smell. I'm a huge fan of candles and smells and I'm a very nostalgic person and I love smells. And so even going out for a walk on the beach or whatever it may be, a change of environment can really rejuvenate your world. So I recommend that. Those are my two. Fantastic. Thank you, Dan. All right, Koi, bring us home. Two ways that you refresh your creativity when you need it most. The first is immersing yourself in a completely new environment that sparks all of your senses. And the second is, as Dad mentioned earlier, scent and aromatherapy. 
and triggering your memories, past and future dreams. So beautiful. Thank you all. I, for one, have so many ideas for how to proactively ignite my creativity and not wait for potential burnout or circumstances to find me, but to look for it in myself. For those who have joined us, we hope you feel the same way. Reach inward and reach outward and know that our creative selves are never alone. We are in good company together. To see highlights from this conversation and more, visit the 100 Creatives website at www.100cameras.org backslash podcast. Until soon.